Hey guys, welcome to the Empower Me podcast with Vanessa Kate. I'm your host, Vanessa, and here I chat to you about what it looks like to live your life in alignment to your values, self-love and self-care, manifestation and law of attraction, whilst fusing business talk, entrepreneurship and empowering individual stories to help motivate and create massive shifts of inspiration so you can live your very best life. I'm so glad you're here and I cannot wait for you to take away snippets of inspiration that you can apply into your own life to help you live the life you've always dreamed about. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So I know that it's been a heavy few weeks and energetically everyone is feeling somewhat the same. So I really encourage everyone to just take a deep breath relax, use this time wisely to make the most for bettering yourself and learning and growing and prospering into the best version of you. Stay safe and please remember to be kind and be respectful to one another and help where you can help other people, okay? That is probably the most important thing. When you feel helpless, just offering your help and support can make the world of difference. Um, So yeah, so in today's episode, we chat with Carly Tabor, who is not only my good friend, but a woman who wears many hats. Carly is a business strategist and coach. She helps women thrive in business, teaching them the ins and outs of Marketing 101, helping women scale up their business and earn over 5 and 10K a month. Carly also founded the wellness hub Casa de Karma, which is a leading Australian health and wellness website offering an abundance of content across mind, body, soul, lifestyle, nutrition, and wellness. Produced by some of Australia's leading wellness experts and, of course, the wellness guru herself. I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. We discuss balance and boundaries for when it comes to building a business and branding yourself. We also dive deep into how to engage with your audience, how to find your audience, how to define what your niche is, how to use target market research to attract your ideal client or customer, planning and scheduling recommendations and tips for productivity and well-being. And we discuss limiting beliefs, strong mindsets, and why you need to start using LinkedIn. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All the details and the recommendations that Carly mentioned throughout this podcast, including her freebies and her programs are all in the show notes. Hey guys, I just want to quickly say that I do apologize for the um, the audio because throughout some parts of this conversation, it does sound like we are talking over one another because of the audio delay, um, given that Carly is in Bali and I am in Sydney. I do apologize for this and I am working really hard to make sure it doesn't happen again. Hopefully it doesn't distract you too much from the conversation. Thank you guys. Hey, thank you so much, Carly, for joining me on my podcast. I'm so excited. I knew when I started this, I wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, But before we get started, I would love to know, how did you start your morning? How did I start my morning? And and thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Um, This morning, I started with a um, coffee and I did a little journal and meditation. Amazing. That's pretty much how I start my morning as well. What time do you wake up in the morning? Is there any specific time? Mm, it varies 
some mornings it's earlier than others depending on if I have clients because there's a three-hour difference between Bali and Australia at the moment and they're my earliest clients. So sometimes if I do one at their 9 a.m., that's my 6 a.m. Yes, I should probably give the audience some background and let you know that Carly actually lives in Bali and has now for quite a bit and we'll get into um, – how that all came about and all that good stuff. But um, if you haven't already read the interview that Carly and I did on my website, VanessaKate.com, I'll link it in the show notes. But basically that was written, I think it was in 2018, like the in December, and we pretty much spoke about, I guess, like an introduction into you and balance and lifestyle and um, about your businesses like Hasta Karma and then your personal brand, Carly Tabor. But mm-hmm. obviously I love everything about you and we've known each other for a really long time. <laughs> and I think you're just one of those people that we just instantly click. And I think from the moment that I met you, um, really throwing it back, I think it was like 2000, maybe 14 or 15, we actually worked together. Yeah. So Carly was the marketing manager at my first proper job at um, a company called Beauty Heaven and Beauty Directory and probably our favorite job ever I think if I'm speaking for both of mm-hmm. us but loved it it was amazing and um, yes yeah, so that's it was a very Carly... unique office space oh my gosh like we had dogs <laughs> we had like baguettes like we were really living our best life in that office um, but yeah so pretty much Carly and I met back then and she was the marketing manager and at that time I guess there wasn't really well, I believe it wasn't like a massive thing that people were talking about all this stuff that's just so normal now in terms of like, you know, coaches and wellness and like working for yourself and all this stuff that people now, I think it's just super, like it's just normal for people now when they hear that, they go, oh, what do you do? And you go, oh, I work for myself or I have this business. This is what I do. So can you please take us back? I guess how this all started for for you in the sense of like when you started your corporate job and I know that obviously you had a different um you had a couple of different like marketing jobs before and what made you actually wanted to get into I guess starting your own business um carlytaber.com yeah okay so I yeah I had about eight years in corporate working for always in marketing, marketing and management positions and working for um, franchise, food, retail, health and lastly digital brands where I met you. And so I'd always been really passionate about marketing um, and I wasn't as much into beauty as you were. I feel like I'm allowed to say that because I said that in my interview. They were like, they asked me about beauty products, and I was like, mm, to be honest, not that interested. But I think, anyway. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, I loved, I loved the job, but ultimately, I guess um, I was more passionate about health and wellness. So on the side, I started Casa de Karma, which is a website where Australian health and wellness professionals contribute content and I built up a community and it was a really great place for those who need and wanted expertise from people who are really in those qualified positions. They were able to go and read that content and a lot of connections took place. Like I know a lot of the people who contributed content got clients out of the readers and the readers were happy because they were connecting with people who understood their problems Um, and I guess it just allowed me to put my skills and experience and expertise into a project that 
I was really passionate about like the content that we were talking about and the impact that we were having. And I was able to sort of bridge the gap between the experts because in the nicest way possible, a lot of wellness professionals go to university and they are an absolute expert in their specific chosen field like dietetics or something, but they don't necessarily get taught the business side of things. So I was able to um, bridge that gap between them and potential clients. Yeah, amazing. So I did that on the side and then I did a, and I started to monetize that a bit, so I saw potential there. And I did a yoga teacher training, which I, I know you know about, but for me that was really um, the real turning point where I, I guess I let go of the layers of fear and, and what ifs and really unlocked that confidence to within myself, I guess, to be able to give something really scary a shot in terms of um, leaving that, that corporate salary and that security and that life that I'd so um, tenaciously built. So then after the yoga teacher training, I came back and resigned. Uh, and then it was through that sort of the, that process that um, a couple of people who were contributing to the site asked for my help and friends of friends, like referrals just started coming in, people, because I'd planned to move to Bali and work on the site full time. But conversations just started happening and people said, you know, you should, you should be a coach. And I thought, oh, gosh, I, I, I can't do that. Um, but I think once the seed is planted and, yeah, things sort of, sort of went from there, I, I guess my first few clients were referral or through the website and they went really well. So then I thought, oh, I can do this. Um, and, yeah, just, just kept growing from there. I did... A, a six-month training in coaching because I within my jobs I'd always sort of I always took my marketing manager roles somewhat consultative anyway in the I would go to my boss and say this is what I recommend we do and this is why not can we do this um, unless I was asking for money um, to spend. <laughs> <laughs> always when the marketing person comes in they're like here we go <laughs> yeah what do you want yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then as well, sort of teaching and mentoring, those, those hats came naturally um, to me in those roles. But coaching is quite different in that it's really about helping the other person or in my case now the client come to their own realisations and decisions. So I really wanted to upskill in that area, I guess. So I did that alongside taking clients and, yeah, just really grew up from there. Okay. Wow. So anyone who's listening to this, who I guess hasn't had the experience kind of like, I guess that we have had in the sense of like doing all this corporate stuff and having a business and, you know, throwing yourself in the deep end to everything. I feel like it can be very overwhelming and I really need you to go back and tell us how did you balance everything? Because having a job, let alone if it's in corporate or not, having a job, having your side hustle, you know, like you have all of these things you need to do. You need to be a good friend, good partner, good daughter. Like you're trying to like Mm -hmm. make yourself the best person that you can be all while you're trying to, I guess, move forward. And hopefully like you want to, you know, that like what you're working towards is going to pay off. And obviously we know that what you're doing is 
what you were doing is like temporary feeling and then you're going to move on to the next level and then you don't have to, I guess, not work as hard, but you don't have to have all of your eggs all in these different baskets. So can mm. you just go back and tell us how did you even find that balance? What did balance even look like for you? Um, just, yeah, all of that. I'm trying not to laugh. Why? <laughs> tell me. <laughs> um, because, oh, I mean, so much of balance, I think, comes down to your mindset. But... I guess in when I think when you're so passionate about something, it feels like that you have the balance because you're just so inspired by what you're doing. And I guess when I was balancing corporate life and my own stuff on the side, I felt as if, I mean, one, it was really easy to come to work because I loved everyone that we worked with and um, it also served a purpose in that um, it was my main income source. But then I was so excited to go and do my own stuff outside of work. And I think that comes down to, you know, people say, oh, I don't have time, but it's really what they're saying is this is not a priority for me. Yes. And building my own thing really was a priority for me. Yeah. So it, it was just a, a way of being. Yeah. That being said, I was always very busy. <laughs> um, I don't like using that word, but, like, that's the easiest way to put it. And, yeah, to be completely honest I did work before like I did um I was editing articles for the site before work and then on the weekends I would go and work from cafes um building the site as well so yeah it wasn't like I was never doing nothing I guess and I, I like being busy anyway I'm that kind of person not like if anything it's more working on being still yeah so, yeah. yeah and then I think, yeah, that like the friends and family and partner stuff like nurturing those relationships, I think that that sort of all fitted in fine. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. Just, it just fell into place. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that you don't – I feel like with things like this, I don't know if you agree with this, Carl's, but – I don't think I can ever have a plan that's like fully structured to the point where I'm like, this is exactly how it's going to pan out. This is exactly how I'm going to feel. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Because even though I have an idea of like what's going to, I guess, like feel slash look good and probably be the easiest way for me to delegate and do things that I need to do, sometimes you just kind of have to like go with the flow and hope for the best. And I think if you do always have that passion and like you know what you're doing is for a purpose and you don't mind like working on the weekends or staying up a little bit later or waking up a little bit earlier to get shit done yeah 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 amazing Absolutely. and amazing. I think it's that yeah it's that mindset and that ability to be able to like be be flexible and malleable and work with the current situation that I think will take you really far as an entrepreneur because as your business does get bigger you are going to have to deal with bigger challenges and it's the ability to to get through those and navigate them um, that will determine whether you know, whether you keep going, otherwise you'll end up giving up. So yeah, I think from the get-go, if you can learn how to how to deal with the challenge of work-life balance and really understanding what your priorities are, then that will help you get far. Yeah, that's awesome. So basically for anyone listening who is still working their full-time job and they obviously have um, 
they want to move forward with the side project or, you know, they want to kind of, I guess, progress into their side project full time, you're basically saying like, you know, you just got to work with what you've got and just go with the flow and try and, you know, balance out things accordingly. But obviously what's going to look like balance to you is going to be different to us. But I do think it's all about giving yourself a break as well and just doing, you know, the best that you can do really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, it's not also just completely completely going with the flow in the, I absolutely recommend having a plan, like have a strategy and it's, it's part, part mindset, part action. And yeah, if you've got some kind of plan that you want to know how you're going to reach what you're working towards. Um, yeah. You can leave, leave some to the manifestation piece, but still know, still know where you're going and how you want to get there because that gives you purpose and guidance on a daily basis of, okay, what do I need to do today in order to get to where I want to be by the end of the month so that I've reached my goal by the end of the year? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, okay, so we've spoken about how you got started, dive into all the corporate stuff, and then you start hustling and living your best life and create a Cassidy Karma. While this was happening, what was the transition into you becoming a business strategist and a coach? Or was it kind of intertwined at the same time? intertwined yeah I mean once I started coaching the focus was shift it shifted from Casa Karma pretty quickly like that's not not a main focus for me anymore um yeah and then once I started focusing on coaching that was yeah it was just go all in and what exactly is a coach, a business strategist for people who have no idea what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, coach can mean different things to different people. And I guess it depends what area you're coaching in. So my definition of a coach would differ from, say, a life coach. But in my my particular role or what I offer to my clients, like I help service-based entrepreneurs. So my clients are coaches and wellness professionals and also BAs, designers, photographers, and I'm helping them to create consistent clients and income online. And that's really through a mix of strategy, marketing, and mindset, whereas other coaches might just purely be doing mindset or something like that. So I say that um, in my role as a strategist and coach, I wear the hat of a coach when it comes to asking questions and helping my clients make their own empowered decisions. But then if they were in a situation or it's really something where it comes back to say marketing where they don't have the, the knowledge and I have the expertise, I'll say, I'm going to put my consultant hat on and this is what I recommend and this is why. So that's be the coach when you're asking questions, consultant um, when advice is needed and then also wearing the hat of a teacher, like when it comes to marketing, maybe helping them teach them how to set up an automated email series in MailChimp and then just mentoring from experience as well, that entrepreneurial journey. Mm. So I wear a few different hats. Love that. What's your star sign again, Carly? Libra. Oh, Libra. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I don't know if people know this, but um, a couple of, what was it, about three years ago, Carly and I actually, three years ago, I think, we sat down and we had a conversation about how to, I guess, get myself my idea off the ground and kind Mm -hmm. of get it some momentum. So basically to give you guys a little bit of a look into, I guess, what goes like what her Carly and I um, 
went through and like how she helped me with my business idea and such um, is that at the time, obviously I had an idea of like my, like a wellness website and it was obviously going to be like a reflection of all the things that I absolutely loved. And then Carly um, came in with her expertise and really helped me put the actual like strategic um, like steps in place to get where I wanted to be. And without me even realizing it, I guess I jumped like 20 steps because all of my, the passion and momentum that we're speaking about before, it just kind of like flourished into everything. And I was so excited. And then I just started it. And I guess you I really- were so excited. I think oh. you didn't, you didn't even know what you wanted to call it. By the end of the session, you'd already bought your domain name. Yes. I was so <laughs> excited. Like it was literally the best feeling in the world. And just so you guys know, um, Vanessa Kate, my website has been like running for a year and a bit now and it gets, um, it's like two to your own home, but it gets really good um, views and stuff. But I, when I started it, it was, um, it was purely just like an outlet for me to give my advice and share everything. And then I guess with Carly's help and even like just from like building a website and like putting all this marketing stuff and like what, like what type of content do I post or the topics that I should be favoring and just things like that. I really do think that it's like very, very, very important to have someone guide you through this process. Obviously it's amazing that we have so many like tools available to us and resources and books and videos and things like that. But sometimes it can get really overwhelming. And this is when I say like someone like Carly is perfect to help you in times like this, because even though you might think it's just like an idea and you can't monetize it, or maybe you just kind of like, Oh, it's like, you know, just a hobby for me. It's like crazy, like 2020. And like, we have so much available to us to really, I guess, push forward and like just create something bigger than we ever could have imagined. So I do think that like if you have this little inkling of like wanting to start your own website or blog or, you know, you've written an ebook or something that you just absolutely love and you really want to share with people, someone like Carly is so beneficial in that way because not only obviously she's not a lot of fluff, like I'm a lot of fluff. Carly is like very like <laughs> go, go, go. But she does have the fluff but in the sense that it's practical like tips and tools and advice and things that actually work and given her expertise from marketing, like she studied this pretty much her whole career, it's so nice to have someone who can actually, I guess, like talk the talk as well. So that's what I will say about you. But I did want to just ask you, what do you think about someone who, okay, they have an idea for something and you kind of like, I feel like when you have an idea, you want to be everything to everyone and you get so excited. You just want to like write all this content and share all this advice or whatever it is you want to do. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about like people just like in their niches and focusing on like one idea first? Like, what do you actually say to someone who has all, the, all of these ideas and you have to like compact it all down to one just to kind of start with baby steps, if that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, in terms of niching down, 100% do it. And it's I get that feeling and I understand, one, because I had it, had it myself and two, because my clients experience it in that there is that fear of if I, if I niche down, what about all the people I'll miss out on? Yeah. But the reality of the situation is like my business blew up when I niched down because you all of a sudden become so much more specific and relevant to people rather than being nothing to nobody. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I would say absolutely niche down and you do not need to fear losing out on people because, in fact, quite the opposite will happen. Um, and in terms of deciding what that niche is, 
it's really going back to like what's your why why are you here why do you want to do what you want to do like what's your purpose and and this is a, a good thing to be doing with a coach as well like really getting clear on what your values are what you're good at what you enjoy and um, what what people need and what they're willing to pay you for and understanding where where all of that intersects and because you can be passionate about a lot of things but which which is sort of the the strongest dominant thing and how does and also like how does that align with the life that you want to create like where do you want your life to be in two five ten years time and taking into maybe if you're listening to this you can rewind and listen to those questions I just listed and actually start to answer them but where they all intersect that's your superpower that's your unique gift or your your USP and that's where you can niche down into they really do want to start their own thing and they've got everything in place. They're just super like scared of what people are going to think or I guess that fear or that mm-hmm. lack mentality is really holding them back. What would you say to people who are in that position? Book in a session with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put Famous all the plug. in the show list. <laughs> um, yeah. But seriously, I mean, guys. Yeah. Mindset. <laughs> Mindset is such a big piece and look, you can do this. This Here's the thing. It goes back to what you're saying about working with a coach. You can absolutely do it. Like I have a coach too. You can absolutely achieve what you want to on your own, but you can get there a hell of a lot quicker with when you've got the guidance and support of someone who's been where you want to go. Um, so it can be helpful to have someone work through those feelings and emotions with you yeah. and yeah so if you're doing it on your own you could be doing things like journaling and self-reflection and and because journaling is ultimately self-coaching yeah it's it's what's going on in the reflection part and what can I do about it moving forward and also the the changing the frequency of your energy so you can journal about whatever's coming up for you Um, and I actually have some prompts that I give my clients so I can share that guide with you, Ness, and you can add it to the show notes if you like. Yeah, Um, Just around, like, fears and beliefs and, yeah, those sorts of things. Um, But also working with a coach to work through those if you don't really know what questions to be asking yourself or you want the guidance to be working through that because typically when you speak to someone about it who knows what they're talking about you can move through them pretty quickly as well yes yeah 100 yeah. and okay. i also think there's that saying um let me let me get it right it's those those who matter won't mind this is in terms of say for example if you're worried about showing up on social media and talking about your business yeah and you're worried about what I don't know, people who went to high school will think or your ex-colleagues or, yeah. you know, whoever, people who, people who mind, you know, people who, people who don't mind matter and people who matter won't mind. And all that's basically saying is that your loved ones, there's going to be like, they're not going to judge you. And the people who judge you, what you're putting out there is not for them anyway. 
Yes, 100%. I remember when we used to speak about this, you're like, do more video. And I was like, I'm scared of putting myself out there. And now all of a sudden I'm like every day, I'm like, hey, guys, welcome back to my channel on Instagram. Like I just love it. It's such a great way to connect with people. So I just want to quickly touch base with you when you're speaking about the journaling and energy and reflection and stuff. I know that some people, I don't want to lose people when we talk about this because I try and keep things like half practical, half fluff, but Mm -hmm. I have to mention it, obviously. What, how important is it to you to, I guess, have those little self-care rituals and those spiritual feel good things that you do, I guess, that make you show up to be a better person for your business and for your, um, the people that you work with? Because obviously we all do things that make us feel really good and like, doesn't matter what you do like you go to the gym you go for a run you have a coffee like you pray whatever you do but how mm. important is it to you and can you list those things that you do to I guess give a little bit of inspiration for people yeah yeah I do think they are important and like for me personally I I do get bored easily like I know I shared what I did this morning but like some mornings I won't meditate, some mornings I don't journal, maybe it will be that I go for a beach walk or do a yoga class or something. Um, But yeah, I think those practices are really important in order to avoid burnout. (laughs) (laughs) And, And also just to be able to actually enjoy your own day, to like to feel fulfilled and not like you're running on an empty cup. And then also personally, I am thinking about, what do I need to do in order to show up the best version of myself for my clients? So in answer to your question, I think one, yes, it's super important. And two, it comes back to what you enjoy. So what, what I enjoy might be different to someone else, but typically things like getting out in nature and grounding, having that fresh air and the ocean breeze if, if you live by the mm. beach. Um, yeah, I love doing a workout I also just love like going for a walk with friends yeah I I can find that really therapeutic and um I love doing things like burning oils at nighttime like if I'm reading a book in bed and just creating a real sanctuary for myself another thing that I have found huge over the last 18 months is practicing boundaries Mm. I find that's probably my biggest and even boundaries with myself, like switching off from work, um, that's probably the biggest act of self-care that, mm. for me that has yeah. the biggest impact because I have that propensity to just keep going. Yes. So it's, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so boundaries yeah. Like, is a huge self, self-care practice for me. I think... Um... It's so true though, like when you start to uh, work for yourself and do what you got to do, it can be so hard to switch off and just like step away, especially for people who are working literally like at their home and you don't have an office to go to. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like even me, like I need to make sure that I put in little like reminders in my phone to get like literally stop what I'm doing, get out of the house, go for a walk. I probably go for like two, three walks a day and then I try and do some really? type of like, yeah, like I'm, I'll be wild. Seriously. Like I'll just stay like in front of my computer and I'll just get so into what I'm doing. Like the thing is I'm really good for like four, four hours maximum. I can just like hustle, hustle, grind it. And then after that, I'm like, see, I can't do anymore yeah so I feel like my best the best thing for me is to just like get in there like first thing in the morning whereas I used to be an evening person but now I've switched up my whole routine um 
but yeah, anyway, so I agree. Like you just need to kind of set the boundaries for yourself. But when you speak about boundaries, I'm curious, what do they even look like for yourself? Like, cause if someone, um, I remember that you actually said this to me when I came to visit you in Bali and it was like, Oh, I'm going to do some work, but we can hang out on like this times and these days. And I was like, what the hell? Don't you want to hang out with me all the time? But I think it's different for people who don't have the same type of lifestyle that we do, because even for me, I find it really like extremely uncomfortable to say no to people still, especially my friends and family. If they're like, why can't you hang out with me? Like it's a Saturday and I'm like, I can't, I need to, you know, do this or do that. So talk us through like your boundaries and I guess how you, I guess, overcome the fear of saying no to people. Mm, I think the fear of overcoming that, I mean, one, you know me, I'm pretty ruthless and like, yeah, I, so I don't really find it difficult <laughs> to say stuff like that. If anything, it's more, I have to put what I want to say through a filter, like how do I say this in a way that doesn't offend the other person? Mm. Um, so, but yeah, and you're absolutely right. Like say, for example, with meeting up with friends in Bali, a lot of people go to cafes and work. And so one of my boundaries is like if it might, like a, the practising a boundary for me might be being invited to go for like a coffee and work session and um, saying like, no, like thank you for the invite. No, I don't do that, but I'd love to catch up for a coffee with you on Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, because I also find that in situations like that, like you go and you don't actually do the work and like I don't really want to do that and then have to work later that night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to practice and and then also going back to doing that underlying work of self-worth and self-confidence because if you have those as a foundation, it's easier for you to show up and communicate and verbalise your needs and expectations. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, Self-worth 101. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it really does make a difference. Like that even, it's the same with uh, money mindset. Like we can talk about, you know, all the different things to upgrade your mindset. But if, if you don't have that, those foundations and that core layer of worth and confidence, it's going to be like, that's the, the base building block. Well, yes, this is what I was going to say. I mean, you could have this amazing idea to do something and you've got all of this, you know, I guess, you know, all the tools and tips in place and everything you can think of. But at the end of the day, if you don't really, I guess you have these like limiting beliefs and you don't really back yourself or feel confident with what you're saying or doing, it can be incredibly hard to actually, um, I guess, do what you want to do and for people actually to feel that authenticity through the content that people are sharing or the product or the service that they're trying to sell. Um, mm-hmm. So with the stuff that you do, Carl's, do you work on beliefs, like limiting beliefs and that mindset and I guess how to overcome their own fears and how to build confidence within themselves? Or do you think it's something that just comes naturally the more work that you do with someone, everything just kind of falls in together? Like it's not necessarily just one thing over another. Uh, I absolutely work on it with my clients and I think that it's an ongoing process. Like I still work through it myself as well. And Mm. like if there's, if you look at absolute, you know, like hugely successful business people, they say the same thing, whether it's working through it on your own or with someone like through journaling and reflection or with your own coach. Yeah. I think there's a saying, um, new level, new devil. And so it's not to say that this works necessarily Mm. ever over and it's not to say that, you know, you don't have to always be so consistently working on yourself to the point where you feel like you're broken. It's 
just mm. about, okay, what do I need to dress in order to move forward or to, to get to the next goal? about social media, Instagram in particular, because obviously we cannot deny that social media is a huge uh-huh. part of our um, business, um, especially in terms of like referrals and brand awareness and just, you know, all of that. But I think that um, with social media, it can be such a catch-22 because I find myself, I actually need to be on my phone for my job and for what I do, uh-huh. probably about 85% of the time which for some people that can be like incredibly overwhelming but I wanted to get your take on it Kyle's and what you think in general about social media and like especially when it comes to not just burning yourself in social media but I guess taking that into consideration of like the whole pie of like building a business and marketing yourself because I'm not sure like what you go through with like your clients and stuff but obviously social media would come into play with how people can um, get their message across but yeah, what's your take on social yeah. media? And yeah, I think like it's super Instagram important. In general. Um, that being said, it depends on your business and who your ideal client is as to where you need to show up. Like, where is your ideal client hanging out and go there? And especially for those starting out, I say master one, mm. master one platform first. So, yeah, if your ideal client is on yeah. Instagram, then don't try and like go, go there and do that well. Um, before you go trying to do LinkedIn or Pinterest or something else like that. Um, And then the other thing is, but so many thoughts. (laughs) The other thing is going and actually like to the word you said, like it's social media. So going and cultivating those relationships, like you can have Mm. 10K plus month with a thousand or less followers. If you have an engaged audience, Um, of genuine Mm. people who need and want what you have to offer and you are um, explaining to them what you do, how you can help them and how they can work with you and you're giving those calls to actions. So and also and just engaging with people because so many people show up and, and share stuff but aren't going and connecting with other people, aren't spending the time to cultivate a relationship. And it's like doing the job half done. Who cares if you're posting every day? Do you mean, yeah, and do you mean like liking and commenting and like re- like commenting back to people's replies, yeah. like things like that in yeah. terms of just like Instagram? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it goes yeah. back to, I mean, yeah, for me, like some of my clients, that's their primary source of, of business and where they connect with potential clients. Um, for me, I really see it as a place to just cultivate relationships with um, potential and existing clients. But uh, as you know, I am more focused over on LinkedIn. And But the same rules apply. Yes. So, yes, I, I share content and I have a LinkedIn group, but the magic really happens in in those kind of offline or behind the scenes for want of a better description conversations it's it's the building relationships piece and you can't just expect to post stuff and you know have have yes if you have call to actions people are going to reach out but you know what I mean your business will expand so much faster when you're building relationships just yeah 
So, okay, you literally have an incredible community on LinkedIn and I think for people, I mean, maybe because I also don't talk about it a lot as well because I use like Pinterest mm-hmm. and not just Instagram in itself, but for LinkedIn, what even made you consider utilizing LinkedIn to build a community and I guess have like another stream of like income into your business or however you seek it? Because I think that's another thing. How do people even find where their audience is? If people listening, they're like, I don't know where I'm yeah. supposed to find yeah. my audience. I've got no um, idea. So for LinkedIn for me, I guess it when I when I got into it, it was just a, like people – people were just starting to really talk about it and the potential of it. And I guess people, I still hear people saying, oh, it's just the beginning. I think it's been the beginning for a long while now. Um, but there's just so much opportunity. <laughs> and I have found that, um, and I like, yeah, I still love Instagram for, for building relationships and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I found that the connections that I have made on LinkedIn it's really, it's really about business. That's the focus, and they're ready to take action, and they're very serious about their business. They're not just hanging out on Instagram. Um, so mm. they are, yeah, probably. I'm gonna say more professional, but more invested in their business, more willing. Yeah, well, it is a platform exactly. for professionals. Like they're more, so. more willing to invest. <laughs> yeah, they like their time <laughs> and their energy and their money. Yeah. Um, which and because ultimately, like, I'm not really interested in coaching people and them not showing up and doing the work. Like, I want my clients to get results as well. And I have found that those are the kind of yeah. people that I tend to attract on LinkedIn. And yeah, they're ready to do the work. They're ready to go in, and that's why they get results. You know, they just get that missing piece of support. And that's that's the game changer for them. Yeah. What was the second part of your question? Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess. Oh, how to find your audience for someone who's listening? Who's like, where the hell is my audience? I've got no yes, idea. Target how to market even engage research, with these people. Which basically. And what is which that? Is, <laughs> so once you have. I mean, you can really define your niche once you've done target market research as well, but once you know who you want to help and you're clear on the value that you have to offer to those people, target market research is about going and speaking to and having conversations with those people who are your target market. And your target market, the way that I differentiate your target market from your ideal client is... Um, your target market is like the demographics and the um, like they might be females between these ages and they have this specific work but then ideal client is you know are they are they wanting help with what you actually have to offer do they have the money is it a priority for them or not so it's going and doing the research and having the conversations with your target market to find out what they need and want from you where they're hanging out so that's the kind of question that you can ask them like um what what um what social media platforms do you hang out on um if maybe your target market's mums like and Mm. they say oh i'm you know i'm on facebook when i'm waiting to pick up the kids or whatever it's like oh and you know do you hang out in facebook groups what what groups do you hang out in and then you might be able to go and connect with your potential ideal clients in that facebook group so it really is about asking 
your target market all about like what they do, where they hang out, and then using that information to develop a marketing plan that allows you to go and reach those people in these places. Yeah, I love that develop marketing plan. So basically you want to define your niche, understand your values, then start researching your target market and then you're utilising that information to then create your marketing yeah, strategy and it's to also help reach like your target ideal Target market clients. research is completely, yeah. it's such an important factor in developing your suite of services as well in that if, because sometimes mm. what people what you know people need and what people want, there can be a bit of a, a gap between that. So if you understand what people are wanting, you can tailor your services to to that. And then when they look at that, that's obviously going to be like a magnet for them because they, they think, oh, wow, Vanessa actually understands what I need and want. This is exactly what I need and want. I'm going to ask her how we can work together. But you only knew that because you asked them in the first yeah. place what they wanted help yeah. with. Yes. I think this goes back to the whole you can't be everything to everyone. So stop trying that like all together. Have your niche and really like hone in on that and be like the expert in that. Like because obviously just talking about like beauty in general, right? Like you could absolutely love beauty and you want to have this like beauty hub for people and all of this. But what I always say to people because a lot of Mm -hmm. my friends are in like the makeup industry as well and, you know, they want to get traction with new businesses or clients and things like that and I always say, instead of just posting like a really pretty picture of like a makeup, like you want to start to niche down and say, okay, you work with people who have like, you know, um, acne prone skin or oily skin or whatever it is, then you write specific educational content captions that are going to get the, um, obviously they're going to get people's attention who are suffering from acne or have oily skin. You break down the products, you um, tag the brands, you do all this stuff. And then it's like so much more than just a pretty picture. Like you've got like educational, informative posts that's like specifically for that particular niche within that beauty market. So I think it's like getting a little bit creative as well. Um, And even having a look at like, I love to go on like Pinterest and watch other people's videos. And even everyone, if you're not following Carly, follow Carly, because you said something really important the other day in one of your videos. It might've been this morning actually, but Mm. given everything that's going on and I don't want to talk about it, but everything's going on in the world right now. You mentioned something that people do obviously rely on like whatever their business is and whether like you're in a shop front or you're in retail or, you know, you're like you're offering a service. I think now is the best time to kind of get on that digital um, ride and start thinking of creative ways that you can, you know, like um, conversate with your audience and create content and services and products and stuff that can yeah. facilitate people from like an online perspective. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that is awesome. I love that. Um, so speaking of, um, I guess, market strategies and content and all this stuff, it can get pretty overwhelming for people. But um, do you have any like tips or any type of like apps or um, certain like platforms that you use that you rely on from like a daily basis that really helps you schedule? Uh, just in terms of social media work? or just in general, like even if it's just like, I don't know, how you collect all of your emails and how you prioritise your day. Do you use like Google um, Calendar? I love hearing stuff like this. It helps me get better because I suck at yeah, admin yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm selfish. Okay. So I use um, G Suite. So I 
all my, yeah, my content comes in through um, email, like, yeah, emails come through. Um, in terms of emails, there's a really great thing that I use called Pause Inbox. You can download it. It's just a, I think it's a Chrome extension. And I find that that's, yeah, I find that's really helpful <laughs> because, of, and just, it gets you out of the habit of constantly checking your inbox or even if stuff does come through, you're not actually going to see it. Like it holds it off on coming in. Um, and that also helps because I have found in the past that I'm not, if I say, oh, I'm only going to check my emails at these two times, the reality is it's like checking social media. You're going to go back and check it other times anyway. So, yep, I do that. Um, mm. I manage all of my tasks in Trello. It's also where I manage my launches. If So if I'm planning out the launch of a program, that's where I map out my content for, say, if I'm doing a two-week launch um, and so I'll have this is what I'm going to say each day on each platform and have, so I do all of that in Trello. Mm -hmm. And so you can use Trello or um, Asana. Um, there's different platforms like that. And I love that because it's really easy to mm -hmm. prioritise your tasks. It's just kind of you can drag and drop cards around. And then what I do is, so I have my, yeah. in my Google Calendar and I have all of these apps on my phone as well. So if if something comes up, I just quickly put it in in my Trello board on my phone, like if I'm out and I think of something. So it's not like I have to send an email to myself and then put it on a piece of paper and write it somewhere else 10 more times. Um, like it's all just very consistent and streamlined. And so I have yeah. my tasks all in Trello and I have a to-do, doing, done list, like three different lists. And I try to have... Mm -hmm. About three things in doing. Sometimes they'll be up to six because you'll be waiting on someone else to do something. Uh, and so then what's in doing, I then, so my top priority tasks, they then get moved into my calendar. So it might be, okay, today I need, I'm going to create yeah. a new lead magnet um, and, or maybe not today, but this week I'm going to create a new lead magnet and I have um, two hours on Thursday morning, so I'm going to put that task in for then. So it's kind of like I drag my top priority tasks and I put them in my available spots in my calendar. Um, but before I do that, my calendar is blocked out um, first and foremost with my own non-negotiables. Like, um, yeah. Um, yeah, mostly perfect. it's what like are they? I, I actually now I'm blocking out lunch. Otherwise, I find that I will literally just get to. So that's like something really basic. <gasps> Yes. No, that's not basic. I should. Yeah, even just so as a reminder. That's I know really sounds good really idea. Good. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then I also block out time for just in, like my morning routine, an hour in the morning. Um, I also block out time for exercise. And then if I have any kind of special appointments, um, maybe I am having acupuncture or something, and I'll so. I'll, and let's say I'm doing that on, I don't know why I'm using Thursday morning this week, but say I'm doing that on Thursday morning, I'll block that out so mm. my my personal needs have been met and then I have client sessions in there and then the priorities from Trello will go into the spare spots. Amazing. Seriously, guys, what is that saying? It's mm -hmm. like fail to plan, plan to fail. 
like this is this is the whole thing. You've got to take yourself seriously. Even listening to this and you're like, oh, my God, it's so much. It's actually not, though, because when you sit down and you write your to-do list and you've got all your little systems in place, even if you're not doing what you want to be doing full time, take yourself seriously, give yourself the respect and really, I guess, um, step up and align to your boundaries. And then I, I really do feel like it's just it makes you feel so good because you're not only prioritizing yourself, but you're also getting in everything that you need to do. And then you show up and you become a better coach or, you know, a better mm-hmm. boss yeah, or a better absolutely. manager, whatever it may be. And it's that doing one thing awesome. each day. I love that. It's consistent. Um, if you, if you do yeah. one task each day, rather than thinking, Oh, I've got this huge job. And then you end up putting it off for two weeks. If you just do one small thing each day. That's, that's 365 steps over a year. Like that's, you're going to make a lot of progress. Yes, 100%. Because even as you said, if it's just like one thing a day that you're doing, but it really does add up because you start to notice like if you didn't do that thing, how different your life would be. I mean, for me, I mean, it's, it does sound a little bit like dramatic, but it's so true. Like I colour coordinate my google calendar um and yeah and it's like you know what i've got personal i've got business i've got clients i've got social i've got this i've got that and for me it's not like i have to like i stick to everything to a t it's more so like a guideline or a structure for my week so i know that i'm waking up in the morning and i'm not having to look at my screen and be like what am i supposed to do this morning sometimes the night before i'll write my to-do list for the next day or sometimes i'll get up like early and do it but i find like those little things that you find for yourself work really well for you like keep doing that like you don't have to try different things if you find something that works for you and you're like yep I love this I love using like you know the iPhone calendar or like I love using like this particular system whatever it may be um I like hands down like yes like make sure you have those in your daily routines because yeah they really even just to the using G Suite and Trello now I love those I mean in the early days they probably this didn't matter so much excuse me but now I find it really good because they're easy to share with clients. So I have a client folder for all of my private clients and we can share documents and like I can provide feedback. And then similarly with Trello, if I have tasks in there, I can drag them into my VA's um, lists of like her things to do and we can she can let me know when things are done and it removes all of the need for conversation on email. So it's very streamlined and it's almost like setting up those processes Mm. in the early days as you begin to scale, it's just going to become a lot more easy and streamlined if you're to bring people on board into your business. That when you plan, you're actually... um it's having a positive impact on your like your health and your well-being overall because we know that feeling when you become very overwhelmed and you're just you have so many things to do because you didn't organize yourself or you didn't you know wake up an hour earlier to do what you got to do or you you know you didn't prioritize like setting up all your content or whatever it may be so i think it's really important to understand that this is actually not just for like having a better like work life balance but it's also for your <laughs> reducing that well. sort of stress and overwhelm and confusion so, Kyle's, we there's like a lot of um, different options of how people and packages that how they can work with you in terms of like carlytaber.com and like your business services that you offer. Can you talk us through a little bit of, um, I guess, like a glimpse of like what each of them involve and how they can like help one another? Because you've got your strategy sessions, you have like your one-on-one, yep. your eight-week <clears throat> programs. Okay, strategy sessions are like a good taster. So they are 
good for uh, particularly early stage entrepreneurs who aren't yet ready to work with a coach, but who are feeling stuck and challenged mm -hmm. and um, really want to have a quick breakthrough in order to be able to move forward. So it's like a, a laser focus one-off coaching session where you can get um, all of your questions answered that you feel like those situations are holding you back. So that might be, it might even be that you just want help coming up with a business plan or a marketing plan or setting your um, financial goals and mapping out actually how you're going to reach them. Um, it might be that you want expert help to uh, create a content plan and actually map out your content and structure your posts and learn the strategies that are going to have someone read your posts and reach out. Um, so just like little small things, but where you're not quite ready or wanting ongoing support. Then Kickstarter Lab is a eight-week group coaching program for early stage entrepreneurs who want help in setting up all of the foundations so that they are ready to start attracting clients. So it's really like startup school. Um, so we go through a lot of the stuff that we have spoken mm -hmm. about today in terms of like a lot of the mindset stuff, the intention and goal setting and um, your niche your target market, like doing your target market research, developing a suite of services that is scalable and irresistible so that, and that really helps bring in um, the pr predictability and consistency to your income. Um, and then developing a marketing content plan and launching. So that's a eight week intensive. Uh, Authentic Accelerator is my four month group coaching program. And that's really the next step from um, Kickstarter Lab, we do cover those foundational sort of pieces, but then it's also really about building. So once you've got all the foundation set, it's about building your audience, um, learning how to market authentically online and and show up in spite of those um, mindset blocks and really learning how to overcome those, how to show up in a way that feels authentic because I know so many people are worried about feeling like a sleazy car salesman. So learning how to speak about your business and attract people and talk about your services in a way that feels good. So yeah, Authentic Accelerator is really about learning how to market authentically, build a community and turn them into clients because there's also that piece of, okay, well, it's all well and good for people to say that they're interested. But what I often find is people get past that early stage entrepreneur space, but they're not actually closing the inquiries. So it's how do you make someone ready to, to work with you before they get on the call? And then when you're on the call, what have you got to do to make, help them make an empowered decision either way? Um, so, yeah, that's really about getting yeah. to those consistent 5K plus months. And then and it's also mm. you'll learn how to um, put marketing systems and automations and funnels in place to so that you're audience is building, um, being built behind the scenes while you're able to work with clients. So it's getting you to that real sort of next level. Um, VIP coaching is my one-on-one six-month option where we can cover a lot of that early stage stuff, like both from Kickstarter Lab and Authentic Accelerator, um, but you get it in a one-on-one -on -one 
capacity and it's also quite helpful for people who say for example want help learning how to outsource how to hire a team how to um, really build their brand to the next level online or start getting um, speaking opportunities and and more unique components of their business that don't necessarily fit into if I don't cover something in one of my programs. Um, so that's VIP. And then I also have mm -hmm. Supercharge Your Success, which is a done-for-you lead generation service and combined with business coaching as a hybrid um, on LinkedIn. So, And that is really for service providers who want to outsource their marketing um, and, yeah, a, a ready, willing and able to invest and just want to be working with clients so they can really outsource that. Good, guys. Carly <laughs> has an option for you at any point of where you are in your business or even in your life. That's right. That's comes back to that. Thanks, Carly. Comes back to that um, so good. The scalable suite of services. And that's exactly what I teach my clients as well. It's like what do you need to offer in mm. order to go on that journey with your clients. So someone who comes in at a strategy session yeah. could work with me through to from from not sure not being sure what their idea is to having consistent 10K plus months. Before we go, I just want to ask you one more thing. So at the start I asked you what you did for your morning. So how do you wind down in the evening slash nighttime? Anything in particular? Any little rituals that you do or things that you um, negotiable? Mm -mm. I've been in the habit lately of having a chamomile tea uh, and like sort of before I go to bed. You know what? I actually, <laughs> I pretty much always have a chamomile tea and um, like uh, and some lint chocolate. Oh my gosh. We're literally twins. I have a chamomile and vanilla tea yep. and some dark chocolate literally every single night. Like I can't not yep. have it. It just with, helps me with wind a book down. Or, Netflix or journal again. Amazing. So much fun. So good. Thank you, Carly, so much. So good. I'm going to put all of what we spoke about in the show notes um, and then I'll also put a link to your services and how people can work with you um, and also your social links as well. So thank, thank you. you again. Really appreciate it and I can't wait to chat with you soon.